New this morning, Ukraine claims it struck and destroyed a Russian warship in Crimea, killing one person. The video shows a massive explosion. You can see right there at a port in Crimea this morning. Now, CNN has not been able to verify the video or the claims, but Russia has confirmed the ship was, quote, damaged by a Ukrainian airstrike using guided missiles. And now with aid for Ukraine clearly in doubt, the New York Times reports that the U.S. and Europe are considering seizing up to $300 billion in Russian assets to help fund Ukraine's defense. CNN political and national security analyst and New York Times correspondent David Sanger is back with us. Obviously, David, this is your reporting. It comes with a lot of risks, right? It didn't happen, actually. It wasn't done after uh, Russia seized Crimea. How likely do you think it is that this would happen now? Well, that's right, Poppy. There were a lot of op there was a lot of opposition to the idea, uh, chiefly from the Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, and also from the Fed. And their argument was pretty simple. It was if countries are uh, get accustomed to putting money in the New York Federal Reserve, some of which they keep in the form of gold, some of which they just keep as assets in U.S. dollars. Uh, and they think the United States could seize that money uh, in a, a wartime situation or for any other reason without going through a, a lengthy legal process, um, they might be less uh, willing to put their money and their assets in U.S. dollars. But I think as time has gone on and as it has become clear that Congress either won't provide additional aid to Ukraine or will provide it in, in lesser amounts than we've seen in the past two years. Uh, there's been greater and greater pressure to find a, a way to go do this. And so they're doing it through the group of seven nations, uh, hoping to have the cover of international law, and most of the assets are, are here in Europe. Do they think that from a liability, from a legal perspective, things have actually changed, or is this purely because they're, not, they're no longer convinced Congress can provide it? I think, Phil, the arguments haven't changed. I think that uh, they're mostly concerned that even if Congress does pass additional uh, aid now, it may not later on. Now, the original idea, Phil, was to take this $300 billion and use it for Ukrainian reconstruction of the cities. Obviously, it's going to take more than $300 billion to make up for the damage that the Russians have done in nearly two years of war. But now there is actually some discussion underway about maybe using some of the money to fund uh, artillery, uh, other uh, arms, and, and support for the war itself, because the Ukrainians are really feeling the pinch. What about the reporting uh, from your colleagues at The Times that Putin has been sort of quietly signaling that he is open to a deal for a ceasefire in Ukraine that would essentially have him hanging on to the territory that they have taken so far, far less than he set out, obviously, uh, to call it an end. This was really um, fascinating uh, reporting by uh, Anton Tronofsky and uh, Julian Barnes and Adam Entros on, at the Times. And what they found was that twice uh, Putin has signaled quietly and through third parties to keep some deniability about it, that he's open to a deal. But the deal he's discussing would require that uh, Ukraine agree that he's basically holding the nearly 20 percent of the country where Russian troops are, are now dug in. And it's really hard for me to imagine President Zelensky having 
declared time and time again that uh, Ukraine would not give up one inch of territory the Russians had seized, would enter into the negotiation with that as a prerequisite, or even with a likely outcome. Right. So what happens next? You know, this year seems to be a critical year when you look at funding, when you look at whether or not there will be negotiations. Uh, is there an end game? Has an end game been discussed? There have been a lot of end games discussed, Phil. Um, and, you know, the, the images that you just showed before of that uh, Russian ship aflame tells you that the Ukrainians are still capable of really uh, ingenious and sometimes long-range strikes. That ship was, was uh, moored off Crimea. But it's really hard to imagine right now how either side breaks through from the current line of combat. And if anything, in 2023, the Russians gained a bit of ground. Not much, but a bit. And so you've got to think at some point, you know, all wars end and they all end in a negotiation. And one's got to hope that at some point they can move to a negotiated end here just to stop the bloodshed on all sides. But it's really hard to understand how you get from here to there. Yeah. David Sanger, thank you so much. Really appreciate you being with us.